Chrissy and I have become what most would consider unlikely friends. We have never met in person. She lives in LA, I live in VA. So how did we meet? We met through Instagram or IG because of a shared experience. We both lost our loves. In a world where people are so quick to blame social media for the problems we have, her and I, along with many others, have found solace in it. The IG community has offered both of us a place where we can grieve openly and are accepted in any way, shape, or form we show up. Chrissy has lovingly named her account letters to John. There she documents their life together, her grief process, and all the little things that can trigger an episode of tears. John was her love. She was his love. Chrissy is inspiring and shows us that grief can come in many forms and that it is not one size fits all. Listen in as she shares their before, the loss, and the after. Am I confused? Yes. Is this going to get weird? It already has. Am I scared? Shitless. Let's go down the widow rabbit hole together. Thank you for listening. This is how I got back to my childhood bedroom. Okay. So I just start? <laughs> yeah, you can just go ahead and introduce okay. yourself. <laughs> so, okay. So, hello. Um, I like how I actually waved my hand right now. Like, people can see me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but I'm doing it again. Hello. Um, so, my name is Chrissy. And... Um, I was 38 when I lost John, who was my love of six years. Um, I lost him to suicide on November 7, uh, 2018. Um, so I met John. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to cry already, and I feel like, why am I crying? Um, That's okay. <laughs> I met John in August of 2012 at a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, and um you know, we had, we have a mutual friend and he went with them and I went with another group of friends and, um, nothing really happened that night. I just, I just briefly met him. Um, he was actually supposed to be there with another girl and who ended up standing him up. So haha for her. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, and, and that was in August and nothing really happened until December, 2012, when all of a sudden, I guess he asked my friend about me and she gave him my number. And oh. his first text to me ever was, hey. <laughs> Spot on. And that's it. <laughs> nothing. Oh my There's gosh. nothing else. It was just, hey. And I was like, this guy's lame. What is, what is this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I just texted him back, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and that was the start. I mean, that was the start. And, you know, we have had a very complicated yet um, passion-filled love story. You know, we were nine years apart in age, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's a lot. And um, so it was only supposed to be, like, for fun. But uh, it just didn't turn out that way. Like, I, I felt I like I just knew him. We just couldn't stay away from each other. It was just this connection, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, I get it. Albert and I were eight years apart. Age is a number. So Yeah. Yes, I that's true. <laughs> so, you know, and, and he did. Like, he, he tried to stay away. He pushed. He tried to push me away. Um, but uh, <laughs> a few months later, he was, like, <laughs> moving in with me. So, 
Oh my gosh, that's so like how Albert and I. Albert was like, no, no, no. Like you're, you're. I was the younger, so mm-hmm. he was like, you're too young. No, no, no. And then like we moved in like right mm-hmm. away, essentially. Yeah. You yep. know, it's like when you just you have that connection with somebody like this person is supposed to be in your life. And and so they are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So John, you know, John was he was like a man's man. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he was he was a corporal in the Marine Corps and he wow. was like my own handy dandy MacGyver. I don't know how he could, but he could <laughs> fix anything. He could fix anything. I have this piece of luggage that I bought. And you know how the handle, like, you can pull it up or push it down. And it got stuck up, and I could not, for the life of me, fix it. So he goes, he gets a hanger, he gets his tools, he unscrews it, and somehow fix it with a hanger. Wow. (laughs) And I still use it. That's impressive. I know. I don't know. I don't know what he did. Did something. But and I still use it to this day. (laughs) You know? Um, But, yeah, I mean, he, you know, man's man, you know, I love my beer, and you know, he, we watched uh, a lot of stand-up comedy and his Rick and Morty and his loud music and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but he was also like just super intelligent. Um, he was a self-described nerd. He was really interested in science and history and politics and cooking and just so many different things. And he soaked up knowledge just like a sponge. You know, you tell it to him once and he knows it. I, I wish I had yeah. that, you know. And so in so many ways, he was really mature, which was good because, you know, us being nine years apart. But then like in other ways, he was just he was lost. Like he just had some kind of lost. He was like a lost soul. And, um, you know, so he he I don't know, he just had this underlying not feeling like he belonged anywhere. And it broke my heart, you know. Um, of course, but, uh, you know, it didn't stop him from being just the most generous man. I mean, he was generous with, with his time, with his money, with, with his possessions, you know, he would do anything for his friends and family. Like he, I mean, he literally gave somebody the shirt off his back, you know, numerous times. And I mean, that was the kind of guy he was. Um, but, um. But he yeah, incredible. <laughs> he is, he was an incredible person and um, he just didn't see it. I remember um, he used to ask me, you know, like, like, why do you love me? And I would tell him all these things and these reasons of like, why of you know, qualities he had in him and things that he made me feel. He just, oh, okay. Like, he just, he he was just, like, baffled as to why somebody would love him. Um, Wow. Yeah. I remember um, I had this conversation with him, one of many, and he was just telling me how he felt like he was being left behind in some way. Like, people's lives were moving forward and his was stagnant. Um... Yeah, his head was like always in the stars. He was always wondering what's out there, like in space. But he was, you know, but he wasn't able to have his mind like be present in his life. Um, but maybe it's just because it hurt too much, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, he pushed me away multiple times. 
Um, we lived together for almost three years. And after that, he actually, he left me suddenly. I was devastated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Left me, moved out like within a day. Oh my <clears> goodness. <throat> yeah. And it came out of nowhere. And uh, we had just come back from a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful trip to Hawaii just a month before. And it was so obvious that we loved each other and that yeah. we had this soul connection that's just so difficult to describe. Um, but yeah, he he left and, um, you know, we had texted on and off during that, you know, during kind of our time apart. Mm-hmm. And he would just say that he he had demons he had to deal with and that I had deserved better and all these types of things. But even at that and after everything that happened, you know, we still continued to be in each other's lives. And, and at some point he had dated other people and I was like, okay, well, if you're doing it, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, it was always him. It was always him. Yeah. We loved each other. Um, Maybe you he know, was just, probably scared of that yeah yeah he was I think there was a fear there I know at some point he was like telling me um he was scared that I was gonna leave him and that I would see like all these bad things in him and I'm like well I mean I've known you for a long time we've lived together (laughs) you know (laughs) so um but yeah and it's it's you know kind of towards the last six months of his life at some point we started talking about our future again and you know um where do we want to live do we want to have kids you know should I take my birth control out you know what are the trips we want to do experiences we wanted to share and you know and then 10 months ago it just it all came to a stop Um, so on the evening of November 7, 2018, John shot himself. And on the morning of November 9, 2018, I found him. Um, I remember screaming and like that scream is like ingrained in my mind. You know, I've never made a sound like that before. Um. And the image of like finding him, it's become this photograph in my mind. And for whatever reason, you know, maybe my mind protecting itself, it's when I, I don't want to think about it on purpose, but when it just, when it does, you know, come into my mind, it's like sepia in color, you know, sepia, like the, yes, like the old, the old photographs. Mm -hmm. And so when I think you know, finding him, that's, that's the image that, sh- you know, that shows up in my mind. And so, you know, I, you know, I screamed, I dropped to my knees and I was like, I remember like crawling on the floor, like with no, I was just like crawling around, you know, just hysterical. Of course. I was like screaming into the phone, um, like at the cops and they were like, go outside, don't stay in the room. Um, they stayed with me on the phone until they got there when they got there like I I ran into the like the grass in the front of his apartment and and I had collapsed just I was just there crying and just shaking and just shock I guess you know 
mean, um, what else could you do at that I mean, point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my friend, you know, she, she came, she picked me up and took me home. And I remember I was like trying to communicate with her and just words would not come out. And she was like, sweetie, I, I, I can't understand you. You have to slow down or, you know, it's hard for anyone to understand me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I can't was, even imagine. Yes. That was that. I, uh, yeah, I ended up, um, throwing away the clothes I wore that day that I found him. Mm-hmm. That's um, understandable. Um, but yeah, you know, so it's after that, it's kind of, I mean, what do you do now? You know? Um, yeah. How do you, how do you journey from something like that? Like the trauma of not just like losing your person, but finding them in such a way you know what do you what are you supposed to do now um and quite honestly i still ask myself that same question 10 months later i do um you know so I, I struggle a lot of with like how do i go from that how do i get to a point where i can come back to life you know yeah You know, even within um, various survivor suicide of survivor groups, you know, I, I did attend one. Um, it was like an eight-week bereavement course for those that yeah. have lost um, people through suicide. And um, I mean, even there, like the emotions were different. You know, some people were like extra angry, and I'm not saying that I haven't experienced anger. I have, but I also don't blame him. If that makes any yeah. sense. No, I completely understand that. You know, so, um, I mean, somebody had said, well, that's a coward's way out and that it was selfish. And then to me, I'm like, how can you say that? This is somebody, you know, who was in pain to the point that they thought this was the only way out. But at that same time, you know, everybody experiences it differently. Yeah. It's very um, true. Yeah. It's like, would you tell somebody who died from an accident, like, well, you shouldn't have left the house then? No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Um, so I think just people don't realize that what they can, what they say can be, like, hurtful to people, you know? Um, you know, someone said, oh, well, they didn't think I was going to end up with him anyway because we did have, like, kind of an up and down relationship at some point. You know, there's oh those goodness. people... And then yeah. there's the, oh, well, you'll find love again and you, you'll you date again. And, oh, you know, just all these types of things like he's in a better place or he's not suffering anymore. La, la, la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the things that people say. And I know like, and we did talk about this. And, you know, it's like trying to come from a good place mostly. Yes. But it's just some of those things. It's like I don't want to hear or need to hear those right now. Yes. Yes. Exactly. You know, and now I'm, I'm 10 months in and I get the, well, are you dating yet? And when I'm like, no, you know, they're like, well, you know, you, you need to move on and John would want you to be happy and this and that. And I'm like, whether or not any of that is true, really, all I want to hear is, I am so sorry. I'm here for you. 
And if you say you're going to be here for me, then be here for me. You know, sit with yes. me. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to cheer me up. And kind of, you know, it's like it's like you let the grieving person steer that conversation. Because if yes, if if at any point I start dating again, I'm sure you're, that I'm going to say something. Like you don't have to ask me now, and then and then make it all weird and uncomfortable, and then <laughs> you know, well, and then what happens is like then the person that's grieving feel like at least for me it's like then I feel some kind of responsibility to make them feel better about the whole situation I'm like well oh my goodness okay please tell me why this is (laughs) oh why yeah it's like it's like a compare it's like okay like you're here wanting me to be all these things that I really can't be right now but somehow I gotta muster up some kind of cheery or some nice response to make you feel that make you feel better yes that I'm like not gonna do something to myself or whatever yes. you know like you know yes. yeah you feel this responsibility it's like I shouldn't mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to and I don't want to feel like I need to be a certain way around you yes it's so true and uh, it, I think you know I at least for me you know because I lost like my this person I I want my partner right the, my my mm-hmm. adventure partner the person I do things with who we talked about having a future so when it's that type of loss you don't just lose the person you know you're grieving the loss of yourself it's like who am I without him you know I don't know yep. I'm definitely not the same you it's the loss of your future. Yeah. Like, okay, great. We had all these plans. Now what am I supposed to do? And then I think for me, the hardest is just, it's the absence of him in the day to day. Like that's very hard when you're used to that person being there all the time. You know, if I have a bad day at work, I'm going to call John or just yep. as simple as, Hey, let's, let's go walk to the taco truck. Let's go do this. <laughs> You know, let's, it was a long day. Let's go have a drink. But now there's, he's not here. You know, yeah, and you what am I supposed don't have to that, do? Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't have your, like, like you said, partner. Time. Like you're yes. the person that you always do all the little things with. It's, yeah. And the people don't think about it's yes. just all these little seemingly not things that aren't important or you know like that it just yeah Mm -hmm. it's missing that little those little moments of connection yes and you know and people come out for the initial loss and they're there for you and and um Mm -hmm. you know they show up for the funeral and all those things but then if they I think a lot of people think okay the funeral's there there's some closure which I hate that word I can't stand it because I don't feel like there's any closure when it comes to this um but it getting back to life like the day to day that's when i feel people need the most help you know early 10 months in i can definitely see a difference from those early days i mean in the early days and months of grief oh gosh i mean i was so desperate for just connection with people who got it and who yep. understood this and um, 
because, you know, I felt like I died, you know, with him. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's how I started with letters to John, like on Instagram. Um, You know, I was just like, it was really just for me to, to read other people's um, um, experiences and see if there's anyone there to connect with. I didn't expect, you know, people to, to start following me the way that they have, you know, because for me, I just, I felt like I didn't belong anywhere in those early days, you know, you know, I wasn't technically like a widow quote unquote. Right. Cause we weren't married. And so I was like, and it's just the stupidest thing I think of, but it's like, I mean, can I, can I hashtag that? Am I going to offend people who are married? If I put a widow because we didn't sign the papers you know, no. there was that. I mean, you might offend. I don't know if you would, but I think those people, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's, I, I, I don't want to be whatever, but I, it's marriage relationships is not about a piece of paper. It's, yeah. you know, you guys had something real and you lost that person. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. All that matters. Yeah. And it was hard. You know, a lot of people say, you know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my children. I'm living for my children. Well, I don't, I don't have children. Like I have our no. cat, which I love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love our cat, <laughs> you know, but um, I love her. She's staring at me right now. But, um, you know, so it was hard for me to kind of find my place in um, this grief kind of community. And um mm-hmm. Um, but I've been, I'm so grateful though, you know, for finding kind of that tribe that I found on Instagram and through, through letters to John, because I mean, there are widows like yourself that have, you know, reached out. I mean, so many, just so many. So there's a lot of people that I can connect with and who understand the partner loss. Um, and then I also connect to a lot of people who have lost through suicide, And then there are those who have lost partner through suicide. So, you know, I think, and in those early days when I couldn't sleep, I mean, I was on all the time, just trying to talk to people. I don't know what I was reaching for, trying to figure out, but I mean, I was just on all the time. And with, you know, um, the internet, I mean, there's people from all over the world. So there's always someone awake at some point. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't have to be in the same time zone. So true. Um, but I'm just, I'm so grateful that I have found this community of grieving people. And it's amazing to me how much they, like they show up, you know, they're going through their grief, they're hurting. And yet here, everybody is still showing up to help and encourage other people. And that's amazing to me. Oh, it's incredible. I feel about like just being on Instagram all the time because I never feel bad about what I'm saying or my grief. Whereas like, I feel like on my Facebook, I'm very limited I am too. in what I share. I feel like that as well. That's why I started, like I had an Instagram and I was like, you know, on it every now and again. Um, but then once Albert died, I was like, I I posted a couple things on Facebook and I was like, I just don't think I feel comfortable posting here. Like people are going to think I'm going insane. Yes. So I was like, let me go to Instagram. Maybe I can kind of, that's why I did it there. 
that is why I did it too. Cause I have a personal, um, um, Instagram and I have, you know, a personal Facebook, but I don't post, I mean, not even half the amount of things that I post on Instagram. Oh yeah. No, because these are the people that are already telling me, you know, and, and again, in, you know, with good intentions, but that we need to move on or I need to move on Mm -hmm. and this and that. And so, I mean, you know, I'm pretty active on, on, on my letters to John. And, um, I feel like if I posted that much on my personal stuff, they'd be like, Oh my goodness. What, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so that's... I would just rather not put myself in that situation, um, yep. to be uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I think, you know, the community on Instagram, everybody's so, I find there's such little negative there. Yes. Like, I, it's always, I never feel like I'm reading a bunch of, it's always positive. No, it's always uplifting. It is. it is. And it's amazing. I, I'm on, I'm in these two suicide groups on Facebook mm-hmm. and people fight on there and it's, everybody has oh, lost yeah. somebody and, and it's, it's, you know, using the words completed versus committed versus, you know, it's just wording. And granted, sure, I have certain terms, but just allow people to experience their grief. You know, this one girl yes. was, um, um, I guess it was her mom, and she was so hurt and angry. And she did call her mom selfish. And while I don't necessarily agree, I'm not going to, like, go to them and say, hey, I can't believe you're using these terms and and feel offended because that's her own. Everybody is going to experience grief differently. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so with Instagram, like I just have never, I haven't experienced that ever really. I have found, you know, it's like acceptance and, and friendship and support. That's what I found. That's same with me. I think maybe I've had, one or two instances people have messaged me or something that were like, you need to be happy or whatever. I don't, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, okay. I mean, have you read what's going on here? Um, And yes, I know like I need to be, but I am like, I think people too get confused. They see certain posts and they're like, oh no, she's not doing well. What are we going to do? And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, these are just real moments. I can be like sobbing my eyes out. And then an hour later, I'm like chipper. I mean, this oh, yeah. is just grief. Like, this is yes. just what it is. Yes, it is. It's, and, you know, there are certain things that can bring it out all of a sudden. And you just have to allow for those moments. And yes. I think on Instagram, it's people, people who get it, who get me, mm-hmm. who understand this roller coaster of just everything, emotions that comes with with all this loss, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean for it to turn out to be anything, you know, profound. It was really just yeah. me. I, I post a lot about my feelings, you know, memories. Um, and people, you know, started reaching out to me. I received messages yep. on there from people who resonate with my words and my emotions. And, you know, if you told me 10 months ago, that I'd even be talking to you and I'm going to be on a podcast, I'd be like, the hell no. Uh-uh. You're crazy. <laughs> what are you even <laughs> thinking? You know, um, you know, or that I'd have strangers reaching out to me telling me like that I feel, you know, they, I help them to feel less alone 
or I give yes. them hope. And I'm sitting here like, really? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm still at home many days just sobbing my eyes out. Yeah, you know, I know. It's amazing, though, the reach, like, talking to all the people and getting messages. And even though like, you know, like you said, you're, you're still sitting there sobbing your eyes mm-hmm. out, but it's just because you're being real and you're not sugarcoating it. Yeah. You're just letting people see it for what it is. And they, that's so relatable. Mm. It's not some made up thing. It's just yeah. you. Yeah. And it's yeah. just the grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's in my search, right, of finding connection and trying to find hope from other people. It's nice that other people can also find that in me. That really touches me. Like the most profound message that I've received, and I've received some really beautiful messages, but the most profound mm-hmm. that stuck with me was um, someone had also lost their partner to suicide. And so then they became suicidal. And they said that they read through like my journey and that I made them realize that they have to continue living. And they said, you know, thank you. And they said, thank you to John. Your love may have saved my life. Wow. And I just, that, like, I mean, that's just amazing to me that through the love and through the loss that, you know, love is transcends all of that and and um I mean that was just amazing to me it makes me tear up and cry every time I (laughs) think about sometimes I I don't know why I keep going I just I just know that I have to yeah yeah I just know that I have to keep going and so somehow I I do (laughs) yep that's it's 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 a journey it's a journey that I don't wish for anybody to take but whoever is on it you know I would say you know find your tribe (laughs) so I just wake up I do my best and um, that's really all we can do. And uh, we just kind of keep going. And I think that that's, um, I think there's a beauty in that. And I think that there's strength in that. Even though I hate it when people tell me I'm strong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do. I just do. <laughs> but I miss him every and day. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like, but you know, we need to live. We need to live for him. I need to live for me. Like, like I'm not done here yet. There's a lot more to life. Suicide is a topic most people feel very uncomfortable talking about, but it is a conversation we should all be having. Chrissy sent over some stats from the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. 
Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. In 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. In that same year, there were an estimated 1,400,000 suicide attempts. The rate of suicide is highest among middle-aged white men, and in 2017, men died by suicide three and a half more times often than women. We need to do better. It is that simple. Suicide is not selfish. It is death and it is tragic. We need to support and show up for people so they know they aren't alone. Be open and listen. All life is valuable and worthy of love, of living, of hope and support. I can only hope that we can help each other. I would love to hear from you, whether it be questions, comments, your own personal stories, or topics you would like to hear discussed. Please visit anchor.fm slash Brianna-Simpson and click on the send voice message button. On my private Facebook page entitled The Same as the Podcast, I share exclusives on upcoming episodes, guests, and a special Spotify playlist updated every week with songs that are inspired by each episode. I'm Brianna, your friendly, quirky, next-door widow. Thank you for listening. This is How I Got Back to My Childhood Bedroom.